0: Listening to the From the Friars Podcast. My name is Brother Ignatius Pio, and this is a series on faith, hope, and love. We hear a lot about love. Love yourself, love your neighbor, I love pizza. Love, love, love. Love is all you need. All you need is love. It's a constant topic of interest because it's well the very core of who we are. We desire to love and to be loved. But what is love? Is it a positive feeling? Is it giving? Is it caring? Is it compassion? Christianity has used the richer vocabularies of Latin and Greek to distinguish between various types of love. We're going to look at the highest type, which in Greek is called agape and in Latin is called caritas. These words are often translated into English as charity which usually makes people think of charitable works like social work and giving things to others, working in soup kitchens, etc. I donated it to charity, we say. But the true meaning of charity is much deeper. The Catechism says that charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. Let's break that down. The theological virtue by which we love God. We cannot love God on our own. Love implies a relationship, and relationship implies a certain equality. God is so far beyond us that we could not possibly hope to love him by our own strength. Thus he gives us this grace of charity which enables us to be his friend, enables us to love him, to enter into relationship with him. To Love God above all things. So this is no half-hearted love, some vague sentiment. Charity is absolute. I don't love God as one object among many. I love God above all things. Nothing comes before him. For his own sake. Charity is gratuitous and selfless. I love God because he is God. Because he is supreme goodness. Supremely lovable. I don't love God because I get something out of it or because it makes me feel good. Although I often do get something out of it. In fact, I always get something out of it. And sometimes it makes me feel good. I love God for his own sake, not because he needs it, but because he deserves it. My heart is ravished by his beauty, and I can't help but love him. And our neighbor as ourselves. Love of God cannot be separated from love of neighbor. St. John says, He who does not love his brother whom he does see cannot love God whom he does not see. Love of God can even be measured by love of neighbor. As Jesus said in Matthew 25, Whatever you did to the least of my brethren, you did to me. If I love God above all things, then I will see reality in a different light, and I will see his image in myself and in others, and I will truly love myself as I should, and will love others in the same way. For the love of God. I love others not for my sake or for theirs, but for God's. I see them as images of his goodness and beauty. I see him present in them, and so I move to love them. In this way, I still love God above all things, because everything else that I love, I love because of my love for him. But what is love? A good definition could be willing the good of the beloved and doing something about it. Another good definition is the complete gift of self. Love is primarily a choice, not a feeling, although we do have feelings which we call love, and those are important. But love is primarily a choice to desire and to choose that which is best for the one I love. I give myself completely to and for the other. No greater love has any man than this that he lay down his life for his friends, Jesus said. So often what we call love is more self-love than real love. I love you for my sake because you make me feel good, make me feel secure or confident. I give to you because it makes me feel good, or I give to you so that you give to me. I use you, you use me to fulfill our emptiness. True love involves sacrifice. I have to lay down my life for another. I have to lay down my will, my preferences, my plans, dreams, desires, hopes, wishes. I have to die to pleasures and success. I have to lay down my life for another to truly love them. Sometimes love even means doing things that the beloved doesn't like or want, but which are truly best for them. So why is this virtue of charity so important? Well, to put it quite simply, it's the end all and be all of life. Without charity, we are nothing, as we hear in 1 Corinthians 13. Charity is the most superior virtue. Without charity, nothing we do matters. All the other virtues are animated and inspired by charity. It's the new commandment, and really the only commandment, given by Jesus. He not only commands it, but he lives it, too. The more we love, the more we are like Jesus. It prepares us for heaven. Heaven is charity, perfect, divine love. As St. John says, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. The more perfect our love on earth, the better prepared we are for heaven. Purgatory is for those who still need to grow in love, which is usually all of us. Those who fall short of perfect love on earth. Lastly, charity gives us the freedom of the children of God. Charity puts me in a loving, filial relationship with God. I obey him because I love him. I do his will because I know it is good. This frees me from the slavery of fear. I act out of love, not out of fear of punishment or of feeling guilty. So how can we grow in charity? Several ways. Obviously, the first and the foremost is prayer, because since charity is the love of God, we have to be in relationship with him. How can I say I love God if I never pray, or if I do pray but only in the most minimal way? How can I say that God is my first priority if I choose to go fishing or golfing instead of going to Mass on Sunday? Love, as we all know, is a two-way street. And it's amazing to me how many people think that because God is love, it doesn't matter what they do. I mean, is that how it works with your loved ones? Certainly not the way it works with my relationships. Think about it. You can have the greatest, most perfect love for your spouse. But if they never talk to you and repeatedly ignore you in favor of other people or even simple activities, what kind of relationship can you have? And how would you feel? Would you say that's okay? Yet we do that to God. The fact that God loves us should move us to love and serve Him more, not less. It should stimulate us to draw near to Him because we have a thirst for His love, and love calls forth love. It shouldn't make us more complacent. If we don't pray sincerely from the heart, we will never really love God. If we really believe in God and in Jesus, His Son, then we must set aside time to pray and to listen to Scripture. Secondly, we need to remove obstacles to our love of God. This could be habitual sins, vices addictions, unhealthy relationships with others, relationships that are abusive or that are dragging us into sin, commitments that we have which hinder our love of God, anything that gets in the way of the practicing of our faith, and lastly, anything that's keeping us from growing in love of God, which could be a wide range of things, any idols that we may have in our life. Thirdly, we need to look for concrete ways and opportunities to act on our love of God. Dedicate time to the church or increase your tithing, or spend more time and energy than usual focused on God. Reading. There are a lot of good books out there on God, on the Bible, on Scripture. Go to Mass once or twice during the week. Or personally serve the needs of others, especially the most needy. Go to a soup kitchen or shelter. Or look for somebody who's in need in your own neighborhood, your own community. Lastly, forgive and love your enemies. Forgiveness and love of others will always make us grow in love of God. And a fourth thing we could do is we could read the lives of the saints. Why? Because these are real people, like you and me, who are transformed by the love of God. They were regular, normal. But the love of God took hold of them, and they became extraordinary. To just name a few good examples, saints that have inspired me. St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. St. Therese of Lisieux. St. Francis of Assisi. St. Vincent de Paul. St. John Paul II. St. Maximilian Kolbe. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also called Edith Stein, St. Faustina, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. In these concrete ways of prayer, removing obstacles, concrete action, and looking at the example of the saints, we can grow daily closer and closer to God. I've been listening to the From the Friars podcast, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, located in the Bronx, New York visit us at franciscanfriars.com.